welcome to A Slice of Orange, a podcast on North Orange County politics. We're going to talk about what happened with the election. So uh, it is Thursday, November 5th, and we are rushing this uh, to you. So uh, Aaron Wadka, my producer, is going to do a rush job for you. I'm here with Sarah Hill, professor of political science at Cal State Fullerton, and she's going to help me kind of break down these races. So even though we're going to spend most of the time on California propositions and Orange County races, of course, we have to start with the biggest story, which is uh, we don't know uh, the outcome of the presidential race yet. And so uh, that's why the timestamp on this is important. We're still waiting for uh, Nevada and Georgia, North Carolina and Pennsylvania. Arizona still counting, though Fox News called it. Um, so welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you for hanging out and talking about this with me. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. I really appreciate it. So what's your gut say on the presidency? I mean, understanding that listeners could, uh, you know, correct our math by the time they listen. I think Biden's going to pull it out. It's looking, Arizona, Nevada are looking Biden. And so I think he'll pull it out, but it's, yeah, it's close. And that's that's what's so interesting. And it's hard because we were warned for so long. We're not going to know mm-hmm. on election night. We were told and we knew it. And still, it's so difficult. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's so difficult. Yeah. It's so hard, even right. though we knew this was how it was going to go. But I think Biden will will be able to win it. But it's clearly close. And so a future elect, uh, a future show is going to have to be on polling. Um you know, and, and how do we get polling to be accurate? Um, Absolutely. So that's, that's for the future, obviously, but, um, you know, statisticians are clearly worried um, about the future of their profession. Yes. So it, it's yeah. been Florida, especially uh, that was Florida. going, of course, at the start of start of election night, we all went, whoa, what's going on there? That was not nearly as close as we thought it would be. So they're going to have to ask a lot of questions. One of the interesting things I read was a comment somewhere that they think they're going to have to look at men. And are we polling men accurately, which I think is a really interesting question. So there are going to be so many questions to so ask and many to look questions. at. Right. Absolutely. That would be an amazing show. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, some of your colleagues are scaring me with some of the doomsday predictions that they're posting on social media of, you know, what if it's a tie and what if it goes to the Senate that's tied and, you know, the vice presidency uh, is decided by the Senate while the House decides the presidency. And, uh, you know, when you look back at the the past examples of that, it hasn't gone well for democracy. Um, So I'm hoping that it is decided by the Electoral College. Absolutely. I think that would be much better for everybody if it's decided that way. If it has to go to Congress, I don't I don't see that going well. Uh, The country, I think, would be very upset, especially because we do know Biden won the popular vote. There's no question about that. And that's what makes this, I think, so um, it adds so much tension is that we know the popular vote outcome and that the ultimate decision could be different. Again, adds a lot of tension adds a lot of tension. And and I think, you know, I, I think this is when political scientists really do have to, you know, keep reasserting, like, n- we've always called elections based on predictions and certified elections are a long process that we're not just counting ballots in these states, we're counting ballots in all of the states. Exactly. California is still counting. We have races in California, which we're going to talk about that we don't know yet. We know president, we know the president, that's fine. But we don't know a whole bunch of other races. And that's why it's so important that we have a long period of time to count because some of these end up being really close and we have to count every ballot to know who won. And that's why we do this. So, um, yeah, everybody's still counting because local races, congressional races, all of them, we don't know all of them. Yeah. And especially local races. And and we're not even going to cover a lot of local races because, you know, they're still being counted and, and we don't call the game before it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, social media is good for uh, entertainment. And I thought Christa, uh, Christella Alonzo had the best quote of the day, which is, if people think Democrats rigged the election and didn't bother to take the Senate, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you know. they would have they would have paid attention there. Yeah, I saw that one too, and it cracked me up because yeah, uh, the Senate is not looking good for Democrats. They thought they had a good shot at it, but it's not looking great. We we probably won't know for a while because it's going to depend on um, a runoff in Georgia, and so it's it's all of this. Um, but yeah, if they had been trying, they would have paid a lot of attention to the Senate too. Right. So yeah, it's it's not rigged. It just takes time right. to count. And we know this. It happens all the time in local elections that are really close within a few votes. You have to count all the ballots. And and it's good. It's good because we're counting all the ballots. That's what right. we want. We want right. every vote to count. Right. It's a good thing. And it it's um our election administrators are very good at their jobs for the most part. And they take Take yes. it very seriously, um, you know, and and so it's good. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Yes, it's all working as it does, and we're just anxiously waiting. And that is hard. Mm-hmm. It's very um, hard. Yeah. It's very, so even though Senate, we knew. Yeah, and and I also think you know what I hope there is a conversation if it goes to a runoff in Georgia about ranked voting. Mm-hmm. Um, because that ranked choice voting that they're using in Maine, and it's new, so it's scary for people. But I think that, you know, we we in political science have some really good options that people could try. Yeah. And I think I, I do worry about how much it would confuse voters at first, because anything new is difficult. Yes. And um, but it, it could be worth a try to consider it. Watch Maine carefully, you know, see how it's going and start to try it. Uh, you know, that's the sort of thing you could see local governments trying, cities yes. trying, that sort of thing. See how it goes. And if it's working well and voters are understanding it and liking it, try this some more. Because, yeah, it's a good option that could help us. Um, Actually, it would be cheaper in some ways, right? If you don't have to have runoffs. Elections are expensive. That's something people don't realize is that elections are millions and millions of dollars. It would save some money. That's one way to sell it. Um, It would definitely save money. And it would also, you know, we're, we're now facing where... You know, and we saw this in 2000 with with a tied Senate, um, which now seems a lifetime ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, having a runoff where it is the national tiebreaker is just going to, you know, overwhelm a state like Georgia, that money is going to come in from all sides. It's going to be nasty. And, and not everyone that voted on Tuesday is going to vote in a runoff election. Yeah, I mean, it just, it doesn't feel like good politics to then have the whole country trying to influence what's going on in Georgia. And like you said, there would be so much money. It would be, it would, it's not a good way to run elections that everyone is then getting involved in Georgia politics and and all these sorts of things that, um, yeah, how much better would it be? And then also it's, it's going to be divisive again, right? Like we're hurting already, right? This is going to be so divisive a fight and that's not good for us either. So much better for everyone to be able to call it now if possible. Um, Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll start talking about it and you know, it's, it's kind of noisy out there. So I I don't think we're going to have a conversation about rank, rank choice voting. Not right now. Probably not right now. I think everybody's <laughs> going to need to take some time to heal and process and yeah. and sit but a little I, bit and think. I agree but. with you that I think it would be great for local, mm-hmm. you know, local governments to to start that. And I think people could get used to it because it is confusing. I, I had to go over it with my students repeatedly of what Maine was even doing. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's a sign. Like if it takes a college professor explaining it to yeah. you, you kind of go, mm. Yeah. Okay, let, let's. That's going to be tough. So you start in a conspiracy you start, theory world. Uh, right, that would not be the best thing to switch to right now. Right. So it that's that's the big catch with that. I would say is getting making sure voters understand what they're doing. Yeah, and how the system works, and how the system works, mm-hmm. and and that it works right. Like it, yeah, you can see it in the city council race. It, or, or some local election, you can see that it works. They might feel more comfortable with it, yeah. and then say, okay, let's try this on a, a bigger scale. What I loved about what I love about it is that it, it eliminates that wasted vote idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, it upsets my students when we talk about that. And but it it would be no, you know, you get if this first one doesn't work out, your your next vote gets counted. And 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 so it's a way to have full participation. Yeah. And I think Again, it would be how you explain it and how you present it, that there would be sure. some really good ways to present it that might resonate with voters. Yeah. 
So let's move to the house. California still, as, as we said, has some races that are too close to call, including the 25th district, uh, Katie Hill's old seat. Uh, so, you know, we're we still knew that was going to be a tight one. Yeah. And it is, it's very close. So that's going to be a bit of a nail biter there. We knew it would be. We knew it would be, and and we knew that District 39 uh, in in Orange County would be. And so Gil Cisneros and Young Kim, this is a rematch Mm -hmm. of 2018. Um, And and speaking of waiting for the ballots to be counted, uh, Young Kim declared premature victory in 2018. And uh, if she is victorious uh, now, she will probably be the only person to appear in two freshman uh, orienta- uh, freshman orientation pictures. That's a um, good piece of trivia. Because she went to uh, freshman orientation in 2018 before all the ballots were counted and uh, discovered later that she had not won. But see, that's that, and that's how late they were counting, right? That they were yes. already doing freshman orientation and we actually still didn't know. Um, so that's an example of where it can take a long time. And I suspect it's going to be similar this this year yeah. uh, that they're going to have to really count for a while because that's that's how long it took last time. Yeah. And that's okay. That's counting every ballot. And that's okay. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> it's frustrating. Absolutely. I want right. to know. But it's what we do. Um and, and it just takes a while. Yeah. And I think this one will take a while. Again, it's going to be really fascinating this year to see how the late ballots broke. Because what happened was she was very much ahead. But the late ballots all heavily break Democratic. Right. This year is so different because Democrats voted early. Right. But then will a bunch of the last minute ballots be Democratic again? And we kind of don't know exactly yeah. what to expect. And that's going to be know. really fascinating to watch how the ballots break. Right. Yeah. And and it's been predictable for a while. So that was nice. Yeah. Late ba- breaking ballots break for the Democrats. Now we don't know. And March, our only other example, a very small sample size of one, um, doesn't <laughs> give us any comparison because it was the primary when we right. did an all-male ballot. And people were waiting to turn in their ballots because of, and it seems a lifetime ago when it was yeah. only March that we were waiting to see if Bernie or Biden would be the, the, the winner. Um, yeah. So yeah, we don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. It's, and it's so frustrating. And it's, it's very frustrating and it it's leading to quite, we don't know what will the world be like going forward. Will future elections right. be like this? Or is this a one time just right. super strange? So it's going to be a lot for us to watch and see what happens and what yeah. does it mean for politics going forward for elections? So our next uh, close election, Harley Ruda, Michelle Steele, um, yeah. too close to call. Uh, and, and this is the fourth of, you know, uh, it looks like Mike Levin and uh, uh, um, Katie uh, Porter are easily winning um, but the four that flipped in 2018 to turn Orange County completely blue, um, two of them are too close to call. Um, yeah. So Harley Ruda and, and Michelle Steele, too close to call with Michelle Steele ahead. Right. And I think these were the two that we knew would be close. Mm-hmm. I think we knew the others were pretty safe. Um, and I think this is going to be one where we're going to be counting for a long time, right? That It looks yep. very similar to the other race. So it's going to depend how those late ballots break and we'll we have to just wait and see. Um, but it's interesting because I think that means these two districts, it's just going to continue to be a tight fight for a while. So right. those are going to get a lot of attention, um, you know, in 2022, I'm sure that these are, these are just tight districts. And so yeah. that's why we count yeah, every they're ballot. Very competitive and, and, and well-funded. Yes. I got a so- lot of flyers. <laughs> So much, many flyers. So much money. Yeah. So much money for what all the one flyers. of my students said, Well, how do you know if you're in a competitive district? And I said, Well, if you voted before, the mailman will tell you if you're in yeah. a competitive district. Check your mailbox and oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> and if you're not getting mail, just vote in five elections and you will get all of the mail. Yeah. Which it's doesn't seem thing. to be much of an incentive, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it tells you where there's money for sure. Yeah. So um just one thing before we move on to the propositions, the state houses. This, of course, is a special um, election because it's, you know, the census. And so next year is redistricting. The Democrats spent a ton of money on, on the state houses and um, didn't flip them. You know, wanted to flip Michigan, wanted to flip Iowa, wanted to flip Pennsylvania, wanted to flip Minnesota. Um, 
maybe Arizona. Again, we got to wait for all of those. Um, the, the Republican Party took both the House and the Senate in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Virginia State House flipped last year, but then they're going to the redistricting commission like we have. Mm-hmm. So controlling the state house isn't going to gerrymander the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And we saw in, in 2010 some really massive gerrymandering for the Republicans, which have given them huge advantages in the House of Representatives. And the Democrats weren't able to flip those state houses. So yeah. so we can exp- I think we can just expect it to continue that yeah. there will continue to be heavy gerrymandering which which has a huge impact on election outcomes and it it will absolutely I think it will just continue um which is why there's a push for the uh, nonpartisan commissions to draw right. or the bipartisan to draw uh, to draw the lines, which it's so interesting, Virginia did that, and we we tried it in 2010 for the first time, and right. it's going to be really interesting to see what they do after the 2020 census, what the lines will look like, and all of that. Um, but yeah, otherwise we can we can expect it to continue, and that's right. going to have a big impact. Yeah, and I think you know that that redistricting in 2010 is what made some of these races competitive for Democrats. It, you know, certainly the 65th mm-hmm. Assembly district that had been solid Republican all of a sudden was competitive yes, um, and, and has gone more competitive um, or I'm sorry, less competitive because of voter registration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely had an impact on California politics. Um, and when the lines were redrawn, it benefited the democratic party in the state legislature that they definitely got more seats because seats were more competitive. And so Democrats yeah. were able to win more seats. So yeah. uh, the, the way you draw the lines really matters and has an impact in it benefits it benefits one party over the other and and they're more it was more favorable for democrats but definitely not gerrymandered it was made more competitive because they they were more competitive right and and And, so with that democrats ended up benefiting but yeah definitely more competitive um the 2000 plan we nicknamed the incumbent protection plan yes because yeah, yeah if you what whichever party it was you were safe for the next decade you were safe. it was yeah. very 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 few seats that changed party hands for the next decade which yeah. is it you know that's not great for voters because there's not choice there right. um it discourages voting and so competitive um it encourages participation because your vote yes. is more likely to be pivotal and it it definitely makes it more fun to watch. I guess there's that too. Yeah. It's a lot more and fun I to watch. One of, one of the stories that's going to come out of this, again, once the votes are counted and once we actually certify ballots is going to be the massive youth turnout in yes. competitive states. And that's really interesting that, well, turnout overall is record. Yes. Very, very, you know, very, very high turnout this election. And then yes, the youth vote, which I think is wonderful and encouraging and, um, I hope that we continue to see that great turnout going forward. We need, that's part of it is we need to, we need to convince young folks like, yes, this is great. Please, please keep showing up. We need your participation in the system. It really matters. So hopefully we can keep that momentum and keep them engaged. I think that's going to be the challenge to keep them engaged. Right. Right. And, and the California voters were switching over to propositions. Um, There's some fascinating things. I know. I just, there's so many times I don't understand California voters. I know. And I just. I want to do a focus group with all these people. Yes. And just say, so what, what was your thinking here? And not just to understand because right. they do feel delightfully contradictory sometimes. And yes. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? I just want to understand. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really fascinated. curious. And, and since we're talking about youth vote, I'm fascinated by Proposition 18 mm-hmm. and, and partially because, you know, it could have gone either way, but. But compared to the same voters on Prop 17, mm-hmm. which allows people, you know, restores the right to vote after serving. So when you're on parole, after uh-huh. serving a prison term um, and not even close, 60 percent. Yeah. So that one's pretty much certain. Certainly Absolutely. Passed. But so then the very, next, <laughs> the very next question on the ballot, will you allow some 17 year olds to vote in the primary? And no, the yeah. same people. 
Yeah, it's really fascinating. So we'll extend voting rights to this group, but not to this other group. And when I was researching the propositions, I have to admit, I wasn't aware that a lot of other states already let 17-year-olds vote, yeah. uh, just like just as we were doing here. If you will be 18 by the time of the general election, you can vote in the primary. Yeah. And so this wasn't new or radical or, you know, California trying something that no one else has done. This is kind of normal. And I don't think it was presented that way. I don't, I don't feel I like I didn't hear anything about this one. Uh, right. I did the research to learn about it, but right. just didn't hear much. I don't think it was explained very well that this is kind of normal and it's yeah. to get the young voters engaged early. And so, yeah, I, exactly. These feel contradictory. We want more voting rights, except we don't. I don't know why. And I'd I be know. really curious, like you said, to sit down with folks and just learn why. That's all. Yeah. I just want to understand. Yeah. Um, the few people that I've talked to, you know, have kind of come back with uh, the 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 wrong-headed belief mm-hmm. that parents and teachers have this outsized influence on how those 17-year-olds would vote. Mm-hmm. And as a parent and a teacher, I say, oh, no. I know. <laughs> I know. We no. were just joking. Um you know, I can't even get my students to read the syllabus. Do you think I can make them vote a certain way? Like, no, I can't. I have no control here. Um, They won't even read my syllabus. So yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. We don't do a very good job with indoctrination. We can't even get them. (laughs) Right. So luckily that's not our intention. Right. Uh, No, I I like to educate and encourage critical thinking. Yes. you know, and it's just, again, I know it's an old trope, but like you can join the military at 17. So we trust you to make that life decision, but not to vote. And I'm like, I don't. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I think messaging had a lot to do with it. Um, Mm -hmm. but it also is just, there is no more straightforward proposition on the ballot right? Like it is just exactly what it is. It's not Mm -hmm. hidden. It's not complex. And people looked at it and said, nope, don't want that. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe it was because it was just like, read it, gut reaction, and they didn't stop to learn or think about it some more. Yes. That would be my guess. You know, they didn't need to go to the Google machine and say, oh, 18 other states already do this. And one of the nice benefits is voter engagement and higher turnout among young people. So, yeah. So maybe that's it, that they didn't. It wasn't complicated enough. Right. You know, when it's complicated, (laughs) you start doing some digging if it's if and and that's kind of what I did. And I was like, oh, this isn't radical. Um, So maybe that's it. Yeah. So then I want to talk about the contradiction among just the criminal justice. Yes. We had we had three that kind of and and again, Prop 17, which deals with voting rights Mm -hmm. and Prop 20, which was very complicated, changed a whole bunch of things. Yes. And strangely funded by the grocery stores. Um, (laughs) And and not strangely. I mean, you know, they they have been negatively impacted by shoplifting, not being Mm -hmm. prosecuted. But, but, you know, they were given hundreds of thousands of dollars. So Prop 20, which failed. Mm -hmm. And then Prop 25, which... Um, you know, is it seems a little contradictory to me in that mm-hmm. you you don't want to return to draconian criminal justice measures in Prop 20, but you don't want to eliminate cash bail, which seems to be a more fair system to have a risk assessment. So mm-hmm. I want your thoughts on that. It's another one where I just these California voters, they I don't get it either. Um and they they really strongly, it looks like it's the biggest no vote on Prop 20, right? That they're yeah. like, no, we're not going to. Un- so 20 was really funded by prison guard unions and law enforcement unions yeah. to undo previous um, criminal justice reforms. And that was the yeah. one that Governor Brown was really big on Absolutely. Uh, getting people to vote no, which is, right. is interesting. And and so that's a really resounding no. It's it's. Well, other than I guess twenty three is also a big no, but it's it's yeah. I felt like the twenty three is is the voters. That's the kidney dialysis one. Twenty three mm-hmm. is the 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 voters saying we don't want to learn about kidney dialysis anymore. Please stop. Like, yeah, we, we did it in twenty eighteen. We're done. We don't. We didn't send enough of a message. We're done. Right. Yeah. And and go <laughs> solve it yourself. I hope that message gets through. Yes. Because I I just don't but, need more of those. Yeah. As far as a, as far as something that wasn't a redo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really high. All, 63% voting no well, against I, Prop 20. And I don't know, what is what is it about it that voters are having, like, to me, like, that 62%, it's a strong no. It's a strong reaction. It's a strong reaction. no. 
So what is causing that strong reaction? What was the signal to voters of this is a this is a hard pass? Right. Um, I don't know. Did they figure out that this was undoing previous reforms that in general voters have supported reforms to the criminal justice system? Mm-hmm. But then they didn't make that connection with the money bail system. Right. And so I, I, I agree. I feel like there's a disconnect and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if 20 was reforms we already know about the money bail system. This would be, this would be new. And so I'm yeah. wondering if that could be the difference. This is, this is a new change that we would be approving. I don't quite feel comfortable with this yet. Mm, I'm going to say no, I just don't know. And that would be, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that would be a great question. Yeah. Because I don't know what the difference is there in for voters. Right. It's not obvious to me either. Right. Um, and so if we take a look at um, the maps, which the Secretary of State of oh, California love it. gives lovely love maps. maps. And and it was also, you know, sometimes you, you look at these maps and you can see a, a clear partisan divide. Oh, yeah. Right. That that the Democrats liked it and Republicans didn't or the reverse. And this, you know, even Republican strongholds that might have been hearing talk radio and and, and, you know, newspaper editorials that are saying, you know, Prop 47, Prop 57, bad, awful, we need to reform them. They still voted against changes to those. This one's a hard no. Yeah. This, and I don't know what it was about it. And, and I think that's an absolutely fascinating question. I don't know if we do enough follow-up with voters to ask them, what was your thinking on this? Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what part of it was the hard pass? Um, was it like this would have included DNA collection of adults convicted of some misdemeanors? Does that make yeah. people uncomfortable? Like, yeah. was there a piece of this that made people like uncomfortable? Poison, you know, a poison pill in there that people are right. like, oh, I like most of this, but not that. That and makes that's me fine. uncomfortable. That they're doing exactly what they should do, which is vote against it. Because as you know, the initiatives, you know, we were stuck with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also, you know, on Prop 25, when you look at the map, it it is, you know, solidly um, the Bay Area that was for this. Yeah. Um, and, and this and, is, and this is little, very interesting. You know, little tiny Alpine County, which, you know, the it, it passed with 60 votes because that's the smallest county. I My guess on this one is it, it just, the thought of getting rid of bail somehow made voters uncomfortable. It's too big of a change. Yeah. I'm not quite ready for this yet. And, and I'm I, not sure that they did the research to see that it has worked in other places. Exactly. They didn't understand what risk assessment was. They don't understand the socioeconomic inequities. It was clearly funded by bail bondsmen and their backers. So yeah, I think it was a one-sided campaign. Mm, oh, very much. Yeah. It led with fear, which works. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm so sorry. I lost my thought there. Um, That's all right. Yeah. I, I think what, like you were saying, I don't know. I wonder what depth of research folks do on these. And right. is there just something they lot they latch onto very quickly when they're doing reading and they're like, oh, okay, that's an easy no. Are they digging deeper and finding something that troubles them? Um, and you're right that it probably felt complicated. And I don't think folks explained, well, this is like you said, this is working in other places. We can do this. Yeah. There's right. some, some, uh, there's some implementation to work out for sure, but we can do this, 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 and it would be a reform, um, in line with, you know, it, uh, bail is racist. We know it's racist. It's classist. Right. Let's fix this. And I, I don't right. feel like that story was told well on that one. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, or I mean, just the, the, the plain devastating effects of being stuck in jail when you're innocent because you couldn't afford bail. Absolutely. And you lose your job and it, it, just all of it, the cascading negative effects. And I don't feel like that story, I don't think I heard that story anyway. I didn't hear and that I, story either. And I think if that had been presented more to voters, it could have been different. But I, I don't think that side got those stories out, got that narrative out and explained this is okay. We, we've, we can do this. It works, you know, and there are good reasons to do this. Yeah. But why the big difference between 20 and 25? I don't know. But California is amazing. It's fascinating. (laughs) 
So what else on the propositions? What? Well, 22, $200 million works. You can buy a proposition in California with $200 million. So that's the most ever spent on a proposition. And Uber and Lyft got their way. Um, and so that was just, there were so many commercials. <laughs> It was just yeah. constantly Prop 22. They and, paid a lot I of money for it. I think that this one was interesting because, of course, the app companies themselves could advertise on their apps. Yeah. Yeah. That's and fascinating, so every too. time you, you know, logged on to Instagram, uh, Instacart or Uber or Lyft or DoorDash or Grubhub, you got an ad. So the That's, very yeah. targeted, we will go away if you don't vote for us. Yeah, and especially in a pandemic when we're stuck at home, we right. do not want them going away. Please, please right. stay, please. Right. Um, and so, is that what what got to voters? I don't know. I'm really. This is a similar one where I'm curious why voters. I'm surprised it it's a, such a strong yes. I thought this one would be closer, uh, but wow. it's a it's a strong yes, and um, it was just so much money. Which, so much money. You know, that's one of my my big concerns about this whole system is that the money is so important, not always, but often. Yeah. Um, and is that a way to make policy that now we're stuck with? Right. You know, there's not an easy way to change this now. Right. Um, and that's, that's really concerning to me. Absolutely. But yeah, it, it worked. The $200 million worked. Right. Yeah. So. And again, the Bay Area. And then, you know, it, it goes up a little bit. And mm -hmm. I, I was thinking like, oh. Those are some rural places that probably don't have delivery drivers. <laughs> so they're, yeah, doesn't, doesn't affect them as much, but Southern yeah. California is solid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, Los Angeles and, and, and it wasn't partisan. Um, mm -hmm. Which so is, that's actually really interesting. What about prop 15? The, so, so, which would yeah, have been a top 15 is, is oh that's an interesting map okay right? the map uh, on the secretary of state's website is pretty partisan this is what we we usually see mm -hmm. right and and mm -hmm. and and i will often um you know uh, uh compare it to the governor's race or the president's race to show mm -hmm. um my students like this lines up with how people voted for president mm -hmm. um, either your republican counties and these are your democratic counties and and 15 again 15 was the property tax to fund schools and government services by splitting the roles mm -hmm. of prop 13 mm -hmm. um and so residential property taxes would stay protected and and corporations over three million dollars not counting agriculture and and you know some of this was um all up and down the state um when i was uh driving through agricultural areas uh it, it was lots of signs that it was going to affect agriculture. And I was like, well, it's not technically true. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it was effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought this would be a long shot. Prop 13 yes. is, of course, just yes. beloved by voters. And so any changes are tough. This is about probably the closest we've gotten to a real change right. to prop yeah. 13 because it's it is still a pretty close vote it looks like it's going to go down um and it is very partisan um la county said yes but orange county which is more and more blue uh blue is a no mm. which is interesting um and i also wonder you know clearly when they were the the organizations that wanted this the schools and the communities and uh, you know a huge list of organizations mm-hmm they did not know when they were collecting those signatures that it was going to be a pandemic. Exactly. And I think that's a big piece of this too. We're, we're in a recession. If the economy pandemic, had been great. I think folks might've been friendlier yeah. to it. I, I think that's probably a lot of it is should we raise taxes right now? Probably not. Although they passed this, the stem cell uh, prop yeah. looks like it's passing, which is an, an, a new cost to, uh, to right. sell bonds for stem cell research. And right. that looks like it's passing. And so I find that a little bit contradictory. We don't want to raise taxes, but we'll spend more money right now. And I'm like, oh, oh. again, that's where I'm a little bit yeah. like, all right, voters, what you doing there? Um, and this one they, looks like it's very partisan, very yeah. much. They don't want their hamburger to cost more, but they have no problem with that. <laughs> right. right. And and I shouldn't say no problem because, again, it's, it's razor it's very thin close. as well. It's Both of them close. are very close. So and so it was the difference of a few people changing and saying, I'll borrow money for stem cell research, but I don't want taxes to go up. And and so and and, yeah. and, and I can, you know, I can understand that during this time. I think mm -hmm. it would have been easier to, you know, yeah. humanize Disneyland for still paying property tax on the 1978 assessment. 
if they were open. Yeah. If they were open. Right. And I think that's probably a, I do wonder the thought experiment of what would have happened if we weren't in yeah. a pandemic. Um, I think the other big that's one the is the limitation is, of political science, of course, that we don't get control groups. We I don't know. get to have alternate history plans. Drives me bananas. Um, affirmative action is a big one. Prop 16. Yeah. Let's look at that. 16 affirmative action. Um, just oh, fascinating. Okay. Really so this went down pretty Los hard. Los Angeles <laughs> Bay Area. Yeah. Only people yeah. voted for it. It went down pretty solidly. It's currently at 56 against. Um, and and I was kind of interested, you know, this this was an attempt to get it on the ballot a few years back. And there was a split among the Democratic majority in the legislature to even put it on the ballot. And it was mm-hmm. Asian Americans who mm-hmm. were opposed mm-hmm. to it because the concern was it was adversely affect their chances as students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interested to see if that was the split when we look at exit polls for this. Oh, that's a yeah, that'll be fascinating. Because um, it's really pretty solid red, except for the Bay Area and San Francisco. It is. It's a it's a really clear. Uh, well, in LA, yeah, it's a really clear divide. And and this was put on the the ballot by the legislature this time in response to Black Lives Matter, right? In yes. response to to the protests and that as a state, Assemblywoman need- Shirley Weber is very yeah. prolific. Our yes. professor turned Assemblywoman. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, um, and that we needed to do something, right? And yes. so this is one thing we could do is is bring back affirmative action. My suspicion is a lot of folks when I was talking about the props, I tried to kind of educate on what do we mean by affirmative action? I think a lot of folks have a gut, I'm guessing, a gut reaction to, "Mm, no, I don't want quotas. Great. You can't have quotas. That's not allowed. And I think a lot of folks don't understand what it means. And it means, um, you know, holistic reviews and and that sort of thing of applicants to to the UCs. And um, it's more nuanced, I think, than people realize. But it definitely... The voters were not ready for it. And let's see, this yeah. is rent control. This rent is a hard control, pass. Which, yeah, hard pass, almost 60% against. And again, this little tiny minuscule dot of green. Francisco County, the only one in the entire state that, that supported it. And, um, you know, not by very much. 51% supported it there. So it was razor wow. thin there. And but everywhere else. a hard pass in every other county in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and and I think, um, yeah, folks were not were not ready for this one, and and this was a, a this was again a redo. Yeah, they, we had so many had redos. Done a focus group. Uh, it was in 2018, and they were like, "Oh, okay, you don't want to hit small property owners." So they said, "Okay, we'll fix that. You have to own more than three, and you don't want to hit new property. So it has to be more than 15 years." Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the massaging of trying to get exactly what will work, and I think voters, again, along with Prop 23 with kidney dialysis, were like, "No, no, we don't please want stop. it at all." <laughs> yeah, please stop. Please yeah. stop asking. Yeah, and and it's really interesting. Uh, it's a very hard pass. The state doesn't want this. Um, and I, I think, you know, I'm wondering if this will now be definitive on these issues and they'll be like, okay, we, this is yeah. not what we're going to do. And then, yeah, Prop 19 was the yeah, one on repeat also. A couple of different things with property tax and seniors, but also, you know, closing the loophole of inheritance mm-hmm. of properties being able to be just rented out. If you inherit the property, you have to live there or mm-hmm. you pay a reassessment. But mm-hmm. it also had the um, the incentives. Sometimes these initiatives are craftily written. Mm-hmm. So seniors could expand their protection of Prop 13. Right. Well, and this this was another repeat that they did the same thing. They tweaked it a little bit to make yeah. it more palatable. They closed the inheritance loophole so that it would be a net kind yeah. of uh, wash. The, the letting seniors keep their Prop 13 assessed yeah. values on their homes if they move. But closing the inheritance loophole means that, okay, it'll be a net wash on, on property tax re- tax revenue, basically. Yeah. Um, and the realtors were pushing this. And this the one realtors is really close. And, and hopefully, you know, the, the reason the realtors were pushing it is because, um, you know, people aren't going to move if they lose their property tax protection. And so we have seniors who are staying in, you know, large family homes uh, mm-hmm. that could downsize or move or, you know, move multiple times now. It's up to three times. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the benefit, uh, you know, if, if there is increased property taxes as a result of this, mm-hmm. uh, is that it's dedicated to the wildfires. Mm-hmm. 
Which um, is definitely an issue that's going to... Which I think might have also been uh, one of the reasons that this passed. Uh, it's still close. It's uh, very... It, it's it's pretty close. Um, and it looks pretty partisan. Pretty yeah. partisan, which is mm-hmm. interesting because there were some benefits mm-hmm. there for are. taxes. So it's, there it was are. a wash, but... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. This one... I, I That one was so complex... I'm right. kind of curious how voters made sense of it because that yes. was a tough one to explain when I was trying to explain it to folks right. because right. it's so complex. And and that would be a one where I'd like to ask voters, how did you make sense of this to decide how you wanted to vote? Yeah. So, uh, you know, another one that passed pretty easily is Prop 24. This um, one surprises me because this one was very complex. Yeah. Very, very complex. Though. No, it if was. you only read the title, it sounded good. Right. But if you dig it all, you realize, oh, no, people are like, this, this is a is, hodgepodge hot yeah. mess of some good stuff, some not good stuff. And I, I always emphasize when I'm talking about these with anything that's an initiative. Remember, we're then stuck with it. Right. The whole thing. We, we can't. We can't. The whole thing. The, and so this is absolutely an important topic. Consumer privacy laws, super important. But we don't want to be stuck with something that we then realize, oh, this there's some stuff in here we don't want. And there there were some things that um, ad- yeah. consumer privacy advocates were saying, mm, this is kind of troubling. I don't think we want to set it up this way. So right. I don't, again, this is so complex. I'm not sure if voters just read the title and were like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and so that's I, how they that's voted. My that's gut, my guess. That, mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking when I was going over it is, oh, this is going to pass. Yeah, because just a quick read. But if, I think it was really long, like over 50 pages, if you yes. actually read the bill, which I don't, but right. you know, if you actually read it, and that's a sign of, oh, we probably don't want to lock that in if it's yeah. 50 pages of we're not sure what it is. Right, right. Um, but the voters went for it. Yeah. So anything else on the propositions before we turn to Orange County? I think they're just... covered them and... Yeah. And I would love to sit down with some voters and say, so yeah. how did how did you make sense of this that you decided to vote a certain way? Um yeah, I I don't. It's there's some surprises in there. It's it's really interesting, and and we'll we'll see how it all plays out. But, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, definitely interesting. And and just so again, I again record amounts of money spent, right? Um, which that's right. at least good for the folks who um, the campaign experts. So that's yes. Good. <laughs> yes, they did well. <laughs> they 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 are definitely the winners of the propositions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to do a deep dive on Orange County races when when the totals are are are, are in. So many mm-hmm. local races are decided by just a handful of votes. But let's talk about the big trends. Um, so, you know, big trend number one is uh, turnout incredibly high. So high. That's that's amazing. Uh, right. It says 73.5 percent right now. So yeah. that might change a little bit. But they'll be, you know, a, and I love Neil Kelly, mm-hmm. our registrar of voters. Uh because uh, he is so clear and transparent with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there'll be another, uh, you know, update at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single day. And so we'll see if that number, it can only go up. But yeah, that's and that's amazing. already high. It's already right. high. So so that's remarkable in and of itself. And and we're seeing that, of course, across the country, that voter turnout was so high, but sure. including in Orange County, which is yeah. great. Yeah. And so for the second time, uh, Hillary Clinton being the first time, I don't know, since you know, the thirties. Right. Um, right. So right. the modern era right. of Orange County, the second time uh, uh, Orange County uh, going for uh, the democratic candidate for president. Um, and it's a strong lead. That's what's standing out to lead. me is Biden's at, Yeah. And so Biden is really ahead of Trump in Orange County, which that's a huge change in just a, a short period of time. That, right. um, and that's going to be a really interesting trend to watch that, yeah. He's so far ahead in good grief, Orange County, California. So Orange County, California, behind the orange wall. I <laughs> right. moved in the late 80s and now it's um you know plurality. It, mm-hmm. It's not a majority because of course the no party preference folks uh, are are a big part. Mm-hmm. But but Democrats have the lead. 37% of registered voters in Orange County are Democrats to Which 34%. Is- that's an amazing shift. Yeah. That's- 24% are no political parties. So clearly some of them, if, if Donald Trump got 44% of the vote and 34% of uh, of the total registered voters are Republicans, clearly some NPPs voted for Trump. 
which is yes. to be expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no party preference tends to lean Democratic, but definitely there there would be folks who would vote Republican as well. Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I, I often uh, say, you know, I I know a whole bunch of NPP that are former <laughs> Republicans who are especially never right join now the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. and the rules in the state allow you to be no party preference, and, mm-hmm. and there's no penalty. You don't get locked out of a primary like you do in some states. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it makes I, sense for folks. Yeah, sure. And, and so I think that this is really interesting um, that it's a big lead, 54%. Uh, yeah, I think that tells us a lot about where Orange County politics will be going, that it's that much of a lead. That's a big shift because um, I don't remember how close it was in 2016, Clinton versus Trump, but it would have been a lot closer. And I yeah. think that's that's telling us the future of Orange County politics, uh, especially if we had young voter turnout, that's that's something to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. And clearly not countywide, you know, clearly right. still got pockets of strong Republicans and, and we see that in the turnout um, and, and, and the results. Uh, you Absolutely. know, Young Kim versus Gil Cisneros and Harley Ruda versus Michelle Steele. But, um, but one of the interesting things that I, again, I just noticed this morning is we've got two Senate races for the California State Senate Mm -hmm. and the Democrats are in the lead in both of them. They are. And that's really interesting. That's that's a shift, right? So Um, it's Josh Newman versus Ling Ling Chang, which, you mm -hmm. know, is a rematch of a rematch. Um, Yeah, that's that's just so that's a fun one to watch, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's just fun to watch. And then Dave Min, uh, who lost in the primary uh, that Katie Porter won for Congress, mm-hmm. uh, ends up running for senator this time and is in lead against John Morlock, the mm-hmm. incumbent. So and, both, and these are both tight. Are, both are tight. Yeah. And these both are, tight. are Republican incumbents that may mm-hmm. lose. And the entire Orange County delegation in the, in the California Senate could be Democrats. And see, that's that huge shift again, right? So so it's all pointing to that these are even close, right? All of it's pointing to some big changes happening in Orange County, uh, which is, that's a that's a big news story, that what we saw in 2016 was not a fluke. These changes right. are continuing. And I right. think I think it will only uh, continue in yeah. future Yeah, and then elections. in the Assembly, um, uh, you know, Phil Chen versus Andrew Rodriguez, since we're covering North Orange County, um, this was mm-hmm. the tight race. Sharon Quirk Silva, you know, it is really safe with 58%. That was a competitive race a couple of cycles, and now that's a safe seat for mm-hmm. Sharon Quirk Silva as the incumbent. But yeah. Phil Chen faced um, just a ton of money. Yes, yes, he did. And I think that that's one of the interesting things as the Democrats solidify a number of these seats. They have just money to burn on what might be reaches. Right. Now, yeah. So you're going to go for the, the next county vote. And, and the 55th district is, is multi, you know, county. Mm-hmm. So, so this is not total, but really looking at how, um, you know, that was just a really, really, uh, uh, expensive race on both sides. Yes. Yeah. Because Democrats will go after the low hanging fruit. Right. And, but it's going to be more and more expensive to do that. And yeah. And, but they'll have money to burn because, well, we don't, we don't have to put it toward Sharon Cork Silva anymore. Right. She's, she's pretty safe now. So cool. Let's take that money and we'll put it over here and try to try to take this one. Uh, Yeah. So the voters there got a whole bunch of mailers, and you know that's where there was a lot of money, um, yeah. and and I think he he's he is still ahead. I know this is Orange County, but yes. I was looking at the the vote total for the. This is such a weird district because it's three counties: it's L.A., San Bernardino, right. and uh, mostly Orange County. Uh, and right. he is ahead. Yeah, let me pull that up so that we can look at actual numbers. It's, yeah, he's it's still well ahead. Yeah, he's well ahead. So yeah. um, that was a lot of money they had, and it's not looking like that's going to really change anything. Yeah. So, And it was surprising to me that they went all in. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, that's what elections are. You can, you can mm-hmm. compete for whatever election you want. But I thought like, oh, the whole game board is going to be redrawn. So this is a two-year advantage in a, you know, house that, you know, the assembly is overwhelmingly democratic, but you got to spend your money someplace. But this might not be competitive at all, depending on how it's drawn. How it's drawn next time. That's a really good point. What will the districts look like 
yeah, and and we we don't know yet, of course. Um, I guess they thought it was worth a shot. Sure. With, with absolutely. I mean, it's it's you know kind of a similar area to um, the congressional thirty ninth, and that's gone yeah. Democratic. So maybe they thought it's worth a shot to see. Yeah, if we and it'll be interesting off. to see, um, you know, why um, voters didn't vote. And this is one of the focus groups I'd love is why they didn't vote a straight ticket. Why That's a they great voted point. who splits their, who splits their ballot? Arrows, but for Phil Chen or for, for Josh Newman and Phil Chen. And is it the incumbency factor? Is it something else? I, That's a great question. That would be a really good research project, Jody, to see if we could get, Let's get you know some, some data from Neil. Well, get some data from Neil Kelly yeah. on ballots. I don't know what data we could get, but to figure out who split their ballots, who split their ballot on Congress, Senate, mm-hmm. and uh, Assembly for those that overlap in North Orange County. And those, that's a great question. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's kind of I thought people were going to vote straight ticket on that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that would would have put Philip Chen at a disadvantage. Yeah, is he just well enough known in the area that folks were like, "Oh yeah, you know, he's we know him." It's very possible. Know. The other thing that I'm interested to know is um, he spent a lot of time during this pandemic uh, raising money. He and Josh Newman both came out really early on. We are going to help local businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Newman was using his fundraising to raise money from donors to buy meals for first responders mm-hmm. and you know not partisan in any way phil chen delivered millions of masks to local businesses yes, he's been very busy being and responsive. so is that a factor you that know, could if, be that's a good question if, if your ppe came from phil chen i'm gonna vote uh, for him yeah. i'm gonna vote for him if my that's hand sanitizer question. and not that it was branded not that it was mm-hmm. campaign material but but you um, saw him out and about and doing those yeah. things. Yeah. And that, that good old political science theory of constituent services. Yeah. And, and did that work? And, did and those work? are great questions. That would be a great research project. Yeah. And, and especially because we're watching Orange County change to understand how it's changing and how right. voters are thinking. They're voting Democratic here now, but still voting for Philip Chen. It's just great questions. Yeah. So the last thing I just want to, uh, you know, just kind of big picture on on some of these city council races. There's mm-hmm. some firsts in some cities that we'll be talking to, and I'll be interviewing some of them. Um, Fullerton, you know, Fred Jung, uh, the first Korean-American in modern time, because my asterisk is that Julie Saw was a city council member who was Chinese but raised in Korea. Mm. But that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give Fred Jung the first Korean-American. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but both Fullerton and Anaheim city councils are all male. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fullerton, we knew because there were no women running, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, so you can't get Dan a woman. Yeah. And, and, and Jennifer Fitzgerald leaving, um, deciding not to run and all male candidates. So we knew that. And even with a close race, um, whether Bruce Whitaker wins or not, um, his opponent, Aruni Thacker is, uh, uh, also male. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Anaheim, Denise Barnes uh, isn't looking good. And so that'll be an all male city council. So my question is, um, you know, how, how do we get more representation on local races? How do we get more women to take these, you know, tough, tough step to step into the arena um, yeah. and put your name on the, on the ballot? And especially if you're getting these negative mailers, mm-hmm. um, that's just so nasty. Um, it's hard. And this is this is a big question in political science. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, Congress is expected, to, uh, the House is expected to have more women, especially Republican women yes. have done very well. Um, so Republicans this cycle were very intentional about yes. recruiting women. Um, so you see some changes there, but that's it, right? There was intentionality to recruit yes. women. And that's what it takes. What we know from the political science research is women can run when they run, they do well, they win. The issue is getting them to run. And gener- the, the joke is you have to ask a woman several times. Yes. Because if you ask, you don't have to ask a man. He'll just say, guess what? I'm running. And you're yes. really? Okay. I guess, yeah. I guess that's what we're doing. But to get a woman to run, you normally, she has to be asked and recruited several times and she needs to know there's going to be support. She's not in this alone. Right. Um, I think I think there has to be that intentionality and real, I mean, largely it's that even though 
technically local races are nonpartisan. We know they aren't. And it's up to the political parties to do a good job of recruiting women for city council races. And it's important because then it builds the pipeline of women. I am right. It makes me very sad that Fullerton and Anaheim don't have any women because those are big cities. And we know those city council members often go on to right. the state legislature. So right. that means we don't have a pipeline of women right now to yes. go on to the state legislature. Yes. And that's that's up to the parties to really be proactive, to recruit yes. women. That is simply the reality of what we have to do. Um, and then it's hard to convince them because you have to have a really thick skin and you have to yes. know what you're getting into. It is yes. very hard work. Uh, and it's other barriers. We know that, for example, women tend to run when they're older because they're waiting for their kids to be grown. Right. You have young kids. This is not what you want to be doing. And this affects women in particular. Yeah. And so it means some hard conversations about what are we doing to support women with kids? Um, you know, are are their partners being supportive? Yeah. Do we do we do we um, provide for childcare? And you know, are we thinking about the right. sorts of things that would enable women to feel comfortable running? Yeah. It means it means some deep thinking. And Absolutely. looking at the barriers. And and that's yeah. one that we know that women wait until their kids are older and then they're they're like, okay, now I can run. Well, then you've missed years. We right. could have had you in office right. and, and then you could have been in the pipeline and the whole thing. So yeah. it's something systemic that we have to think about and be intentional about. And we've we've been doing a better job. And it seems like this time we maybe kind of dropped the ball, but it's something well, the I parties think, have you know, to work George on. George Skelton had an article that's been getting criticized because, uh, you know, he was pontificating about who would replace Kamala Harris if she is the mm -hmm. vice president and Gavin Newsom now has this choice. And, and he basically said, well, you know, we've already done women. Women have already been in the United States Senate representing California. So we're done. So it can be Alex Padilla. It can be Xavier Becerra. It, we're done with women. Oh, and boy. I think, and I, and I, oh, okay. boy. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, we're not done with women. No. <laughs> but I do think that I, you know, that might be the idea is we take our eye off the ball and and clearly representation is bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, young Kim, if she wins, would be the first Korean American uh, mm -hmm. elected to the United States Congress. Mm -hmm. Um, and and certainly that's where Republicans in Orange County have seen the greatest advances. Mm -hmm. In 2014, there were five non-incumbent Republicans elected. Every single one of them was a, a woman and all mm -hmm. were Asian. Mm -hmm. It was Lisa Bartlett. It was Michelle Steele. It was Ling Ling Chang. It was Young Kim. Um, so, you know, definitely uh, we, we see that um, it's both sides mm -hmm. looking for um, female candidates. I agree with you absolutely that women have to be asked, not just... Uh, you know, that's my guest speakers when they come in, I, we we compare that, that mm -hmm. women will tell the story of why they ran is to who asked them. Absolutely. Um, and oh, my gosh, but you just said something and I lost it already. I'm so sorry. Um, all right. Yeah, I think I, you know, I think when we encourage oh. women, it has. Oh, good. It came to you. It did. Yeah. I, I Your point was really interesting. Did. Did we kind of assume, oh, we've, we've had women now, so we're good. We don't have to keep recruiting and not realizing this has to be an ongoing process every right. cycle. Right. Actually, you should be recruiting well before the cycle. Like well you should be working right now right. to get women thinking about running in 2022 yes. and the whole thing. Right. Um, yeah. And so you can't, it's something you can't let up on. Right. Ha you know, you can't say, okay, we've gotten some now we're good. Nope. You, you've right. got to be intentional every time. Yeah. And, and I think it is, um, you know, we have to change the culture. And when, um, yeah. when women are recruited, we also have to say, and now you have to mentor the next group. Yes, that's so important that they're mentored, that they, they know that they will, I think that they know are reassured they'll have ongoing mentoring, that the person who was there ahead of them will be happy to come back and keep mentoring them and talking with them. And right. that um, there will be a support system in place. I think yeah. that's critical to know that there will be a support system in place because it's going to get hard right. and you're going to need that. And right. um, I think women in particular need to know that. Um, yeah. So oh. it's a variety of things, but I think it's, it's not, you have to be vigilant. And, and always intentional about recruiting right. women. So the women that are listening to this, we want you to run. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and to get involved in all levels, uh, you know, to to help in campaigns, to 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 get out the vote, to you know, apply for commissions. Those are also really important. Um, yes. So the we need last you involved. The last thing I, I, I want to leave on is Santa Ana uh, is going to have a new mayor. Uh, it looks like it's Vincento Sarmiento, who is going to be victorious in a six-person race. Um, this is the first time in 26 years that Miguel Polito isn't uh, going to be the mayor of Santa Ana. Oh, bless your heart, Santa Ana. It's time. <laughs> it's yeah. Time. I'm not a, personally, I'm not a big fan of term limits, but then when I hear something like that, I go, mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we can Maybe. remind people that these are not permanent positions. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it is good sometimes to get some new blood in there and yeah. give someone else a chance to make a difference. Yeah. 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 So good. Well, thank you so much. This was wonderful. And thank uh, you, Jody. This was so much fun to go over everything with you. And, and we are going to be looking at all of this for a long time. I think, you know, yeah. we didn't, we didn't have all the answers today. We're going to be no. analyzing everything out of this election for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. And uh, I look forward to having you back so we can talk about more.